hope everybody is doing their best right now as we're going through this crazy time in our world. I'm Tony Bruski, host of Real Ghost Stories Online. I wanted to invite you and let you know about our other brand new podcast that we just launched, Help Kill the Time for You. It's called The Dark Side of Wikipedia. It's about true crime and dark history. We dive into some of the strangest, most disturbed minds and experiences from our history and examine their story, their Wikipedia entry, and then discuss the cases, the individuals, and the psychology of the events as we go through each and every story. Some of our first episodes include Ed Gein, the BTK killer, the new London school explosion, Amityville murders, Richard Speck, Amelia Dyer, the General Slocum disaster, Jeffrey Dahmer, and more. New episodes every single week. Check out Dark Side of Wikipedia. Search it. Subscribe wherever you download podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. It's available now with new episodes every single week. Dark Side of Wikipedia. Search and subscribe today and stay safe out there. Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, what do you do when a dark figure emerges out of the shadows and seems to know what your next move will be before you do? That's what one person tries to understand today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now. At 855-853-4802 Or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com You are about to enter the world of the unknown And quite possibly, the undead This is Real Ghost Stories Online That it is in 855-853-4802 Is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online To share your real ghost stories with us Write in at realghoststoriesonline.com And of course, if you uh, can do it right now, please help keep our program on the air by becoming a supporter of it. We call them EPPs, Extra Podcast People. You go to ghostpodcast.com and you sign up there or through patreon.com slash real ghost stories. $5 a month gets you a bonus episode every week and access to our archive of uh, about 300 plus uh, bonus episodes. Brand new ones every week. You get advanced episodes of the show ad free. There's video content. There's a whole bunch of other extras there. You get our ebook, which is a $15 value. You get our audio book, which is a $15 value. So those are like 30 bucks in value right there for five bucks a month. Uh, all of that is yours to enjoy and binge away on ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories to get in on all of that and help keep this program on the air. Obviously, I know times are tough for everybody at this moment, uh, but uh, if you can, please do, uh, if you enjoy the program and you're able to, uh, we appreciate uh, everybody kind of, you know, chipping in a little bit to keep this thing uh, going. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. If I turn your microphone on. You always mute me. Yeah. Hi. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, how are you? I'm lovely. Yeah. There was a creepy person outside of our window not that long ago, just a few minutes ago, right before we started recording, driving by very slowly in a Jeep with a camera. 
sticking out their window. Yeah, I'm not staring at our house. Not at all worried about it. I was kind of weirded out. I'm like, what is going on? Then I went to the window and I pulled my shirt up. Oh. And I showed them one one nipple. One nipple. (laughs) One. And they drove away really fast. It was really kind of awkward. I don't know. He did not. Was it awkward because I did that or was it awkward because they were going past the house? Is the question. Totally did not do that. No, I didn't do that. Okay. We can share. I mean Go ahead, share. No, you go ahead and share. What? You go ahead and share. You share. I just shared. You share. <laughs> well, we've shared on Instagram. Yeah, we have. So go ahead. We're moving again. <laughs> we've not lost our minds. No. I swear we have not lost our minds. No. We uh, we were out in the country during the, uh, the joys of the pandemic and uh, just driving around. And initially when we moved here, we wanted to go be out in the country. Oh, we wanted that. Yeah. When we left Wichita, we wanted that in Branson. To really just kind of be away from people. As, as you all know, we we love being in areas <laughs> where there's tons and tons of people. Um, actually, not at all. Um, and, you know, th- there's really, I mean, we ended up finding a, a place out in the country. It's going to be kind of, you know, just like a wash, if you will. It's like, okay, we sold this house for a little more than we bought it for. We're going to get that house. And so it's like more of an inconvenience than anything else. It's but, a trade. Yeah, it's a trade. But the uh, the joys of uh, being off by ourselves, we're going to do it. We're going to have a farm. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to have a seven acre farm. And um, I grew up out in the country. You grew up outside of town, but not really, you know, around a lot of animals. Yeah. So I would just um, go wander the fields. Yeah. But I mean, being away is our natural habitat. Mm-hmm. So we're going to we're going to do this. We found the perfect place of all times during the pandemic, just driving around, found a farm, happened to be for sale, happened to be the right price. Mm-hmm. So we put our house on the market yesterday and it sold in 12 hours, mm-hmm. multiple offers. Three offers in 12 hours. Because we, uh, that's what we do. We fix up houses and, and sell them yep. and move on. But we're not moving from this one. They're going to carry me off of this one. In yep. fact, we're going to have a family plot at this one. <laughs> Can in we? The, in the corner. Yeah. I'm going to be buried at this one. Okay. Well, this is new. I, we didn't talk about this part of the uh, yeah. the farm. Yeah. When I die, this is where I'm going to be buried. In the plot. Mm-hmm. Can we build the plot beforehand? Like just sure. we can have like we can visit our future grave. We can pick out our creepy ass gravestones and have our creepy fence and oh. let it. And, and then it's all rusted and shit by the time we're dead. So yeah. it looks like we've been there forever. Oh, that's cool. So we're going to do that. I like that idea. I'm serious. This will be interesting. Yeah. Then the kids can never sell it because yeah, because there's buried there. dead people there and nobody wants it. <laughs> and eventually, no one will buy it and it'll just fall into dilapidation. But there'll be the the dilapidated house with the graves on the the so, outskirts. Yeah, we moved quite a bit since the show started, but hopefully, mm-hmm. this is our last one. We're gonna have um, mini animals. This will be a mini farm mm-hmm. essentially. So miniature cattle, miniature. Yeah. Goats, chickens, mm-hmm. the whole thing. Not for eating as pets. These are all pets. Yeah. They're all going to have names. You don't eat things that you name. Yeah. So. so. Uh, and Jenny has an interesting story. We can talk about it in a little bit when we were visiting the house. Yeah, I shared it on Instagram, but yeah. I can share it on here. It's almost, it, it, it involves a ghost dog, but it really wasn't a ghost. It wasn't a ghost dog. But maybe it was possessed by. It's an interesting yeah. story. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about that. 
in just a little bit. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. Go to our first uh, letter of the day. Because this is more of a question than a story, I think. Have you ever heard of something haunting a family for a few generations? For as long as I can remember, there has always been something with my family and me. I'm an only child and am now in my mid-40s. We have had experiences for as long as I can remember. The house I grew up in had so much activity that it became normal. Every house I've lived in, including now, has activity. My parents are also currently having an activity that seems to be escalating. There's not been a time in my life that I can remember us not having activity. I was wondering if, for some reason, something had been haunting one or both of my parents and has now added to my family and me to its agenda. My grown son has been added to this as well. Are we just some of those people that attracted or has it been there all along? My parents' situation has moved beyond what we consider normal activity to feeling hands push on their bed at night. And my dad has had three separate dreams, so he thinks of a black entity holding him down. My mother has woken up to my dad thrashing in bed and upon waking tells her it was on him. And he has been trying to wake her up to help him fight it off. My son has wanted to do some amateur investigating and my parents do not want any part of it. They do not want to aggravate what is there. They say they know something is there, but at this point, they do not know what. Can you give any information or point in the right direction as to get information to help us out? I cannot find anything specific enough as to what we have going on uh, on uh, my uh, out there to help out. I'm not too concerned about myself and what we have going on in our house. I'm more concerned about helping my parents. They're getting older, and it's irritating to me that this is choosing to get more violent as they get older. If I knew what this thing was or why it's been in our family for my whole life, I would know better how to help my parents. I'm hoping you have heard of this kind of thing before and can point me in the right direction. I'm sure you have heard just about everything, uh, just about everything to do with the paranormal. Any information you can give is much appreciated. Jenny, um, I think in a case where it has been with you for generations, it's probably actually been with your family longer than you know because. Not everybody talks about it. And it could be that, you know, great, great grandparents or whatever had this thing, you know, around them too, but they didn't talk about it. So it's probably just been always there. But as far as it escalating and only picking on certain members of the family, that part, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why it's doing that. And there's your solution. And no. I know that's no solution. That's that's just all I can make of it. Um, I I think it's a good idea to not have your your son go in and do amateur investigating. It's not that you know, not an insult to him, but you know, it, when you have something that seems to be not very positive, it's not amateur hour to go in and try and um, yeah remove it. Um, it would be something where if you do have anybody coming in. You have to have someone who's coming in with an intent and with experience uh, of of removing these things, not just, hey, let's stir it up and get evidence and then put a bunch of EVPs on the internets. Um, you know, there's a lot of that um, out there. So you got to be really careful as to what you're looking into. Uh, you know, your best bet may be to look into, you know, your religious beliefs, your, your clergy or things of that nature to try and find something if they're open to it, which is a whole other ball of who knows what. Um uh, to try and, and get this to calm down. But the thing is, anything you do, yes, it could stir it up, no matter who you bring in. So there really isn't um, 
a foolproof way of doing this. There's no Ghostbusters to call that are going to show up with proton packs and a, a ghost trap and walk out and everything's going to be good. Um, I wish that was the case, but when you're Googling this and you're not finding the answer you're looking for, that's why. There really isn't an answer for what you're looking for. Um, but there may be some people who can help and, and move things along. I don't have anyone specific to suggest or anything because we don't really get involved in that world of things. But there are people out there. Uh, you're going to have to look in a localized level for the most part, probably, of people who, who can help. But that's the beauty of this stuff today. There are a lot of people out there. But be picky. Don't just go with the first person who says, I want to come into your house and investigate. Um, make sure, you know, find out what their intent is, what their experience is, and, and, and don't go with just, you know, hey, we're ghost investigators. And, and I, can I say, I would go with a team that has a medium, a full-on medium, mm -hmm. because this has been something that's been plaguing your family for generations. So it's not, is my house haunted? Yes. We know there's a haunting. Yeah. We need to figure out who it is and why yeah. and how to remedy that. And that's most going to be that's going to be mostly solved or most, most information found out by a medium, but I would still go ahead and have a full team, but make sure yeah. you, you know who you're bringing in. Best of luck uh, on whatever choices you make there. It's silly. One of the, uh, the things that we, we hear quite often and I thought was, really bizarre to hear when we first started doing the show was people just simply trying to reason and ask whatever it is, please stop. I don't know if they've done that. It sounds like it's probably a bit deeper than that, but sometimes just speaking out loud saying, Hey, we can coexist, but I don't want to see you. I don't want to hear you. You're freaking us out. Please knock this off. See what that does. Yeah. I don't know that it's going to solve anything, but quite honestly, that's been the solution more than anything. Mm -hmm. Um, on this show. And I know it sounds ridiculous. I thought it was sounded ridiculous too at first, but um, several thousand stories later, it's one of the most common and most effective routes to take. 855-853-4802 uh, is our phone number, Real Ghost Stories Online, to share your real ghost stories with us. You know, I don't have um, Kleenexes and I don't have uh, uh, paper I used to like, I, always, I used to have like tons around me all the time. Mm-hmm. Because I'd always be blowing my nose since the pandemic and since there's like the shortage of all that shit, I've really been like rationing it. Uh -huh. So like when I have a runny nose now, I'm like, oh shit, I don't just have like a, a <laughs> nest behind me where I can just grab it. Um, so it's just kind of interesting. You need to cut up one of your old shirts that's in bad shape. And, and make, make a hanky. Make some hankies and then we'll wash them. That's kind of gross, but I, it makes sense. Well, it's do what no you do. gross. It's no more gross than all the tissues I find under your pillow when I make the True. bed or stuck behind your cushion in your chair. Mm -hmm. mm, yeah, so that's. Don't talk to me about gross. True that. Don't talk to me about gross. <laughs> so. Well, those are. It's like nests. It's it's yeah. it's nice and yeah. You're like a gross. fucking nasty bird. <laughs> You're like a fucking nasty bird. Hashtag shit, Jenny says. That's nice. 855-853-4802 uh, is our phone number. Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Next letter says, several years ago, I moved from the north side of the country to the south for a job. 
My new employer had arranged accommodations for me at the doctor's residence in the old hospital. The residence is three stories high with a single staircase by the front entrance. I was placed on the third floor and it took several trips to the car to shift all my stuff. The building was full of noises, which at the time I didn't think were unusual. Doors opening and closing, footsteps on the corridors and the stairwell, even though I hadn't actually seen anyone and the fire safety board by the entrance had all rooms flagged as unoccupied. I thought they simply hadn't bothered to toggle the flag each time they passed the entrance, much like I had it. However, by the third day, I was absolutely convinced there was no one else in the building with me. No rubbish bags went out other than my own. No towels and linen for washing other than my own. No one in the kitchens, bathrooms, no other food in the fridge, no one using the TV or computer room. Yet the sounds were unmistakable and never went away. Never experienced anything like that before, never have since. I asked the guard if the old hospital or any of the surrounding buildings were haunted. He said he didn't believe so himself, but some of his staff had reported investigating sounds in supposedly unused areas, only to find there was no one there. But by far, the scariest thing to have happened to me was outside. One afternoon, I went for a walk on the field behind the building. Bales of hay were littered at odd intervals and wrapped in plastic. Crossing the field, I looked up and suddenly saw a black shape dart out of view behind one of the bales. It was too large to be a bird, but I didn't discount a dog and remained looking at it for a few seconds. Whatever it had been doing reemerged, and I made a move to carry on walking and shifted my gaze to the bale nearest me. Again, the now larger and much clearer outline of a person darted out of view. This time it really freaked me out. I stepped back and walked a large circle around it, and from no angle could I see anyone. I really doubt someone could have evaded being seen unless they really wanted to remain hidden and can predict my movements. The noises remained the whole time I was there. I knew by then at what time house maintenance and security guards would call in, so those sounds were easy to dismiss. Two weeks after having moved in, the intern students started to arrive, and any unusual sounds would have gone unnoticed in the general hustle soon after I had arranged my own accommodation and moved out. So, shadow people playing around the hay bales out mm-hmm. in the field. Mm-hmm. I bet it has something to do with the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it makes you wonder if the hospital at some point had a grave or something out there. That's kind of what I was thinking. They're just hanging out. In the field where they're buried. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's funny where you have. I thought it was interesting where he talked to the security guard and the security guards. I don't believe it, but a lot of other people do. You know. Yeah, that makes you tougher to not believe it, right? It makes you wonder: does does he truly not believe it, or not accept it, or what? What's going through someone's mind when you have all these things in front of you that you can't really explain, but you don't really want to say that it's a ghost? What is that? Chicken shit. You just need to say it's a ghost. Yeah, I mean, it is. Does it open up too many possibilities of the unknown and it changes too many things and that's the scarier part? Yeah, I mean, it could totally blow people's minds to realize, oh, there are ghosts. That means there might be everything else, too. Yeah. Could be. That they've just been so stoically not accepting forever. Mm-hmm. No. I think that's the scariest part to a lot of people is like, if you open up that door, what other doors do you have to open that you may be wrong on? No. is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Next letter says, I grew up in a small town in in southern West Virginia in the 70s and 80s. I always felt weird in my home. I was afraid to go into any room in the dark. When I was 11 years old, I was sitting on the couch in our living room after school doing homework. My dad and grandmother were out on the porch enjoying the nice warm September weather. 
I was someone out, uh, somewhere out in the uh, corner of my eye. I, could, I looked up and saw my grandmother was walking down the hall from her bedroom towards the kitchen. She was in her long white nightgown, which was weird because she never changed until she was ready to go to bed. I heard her walk into the kitchen and open the refrigerator. I sat waiting for her to come through so I could ask why she was in her nightgown. Right here, I have to say, hadn't seen her walk through the living room to her room, so she never came back through the house. Got up, walked into the kitchen, and she wasn't there. I was sure she had been in there. Went out the kitchen door and around to the front porch, and she was sitting there with my dad in her regular clothes. She had a less than half full bottle of soda pop. I asked her if she'd been in the house, and she said she hadn't. My dad asked why, and I told him what I had seen. He said it was probably just a reflection from a passing car. I tried to explain I had saw Granny, not some flash across the wall. He didn't believe me and just poo-pooed my story. I went back to the house, finished my homework. It really freaked me out. Three months later, my granny died on December 1st. I've always thought somehow, some way, it was a sort of premonition or something. When I turned 16 for my birthday, my dad gave me a diamond cluster ring that had been my granny's. He told me that about three months before she died, she told him she wanted me to have that ring when she died. He couldn't recall the exact date, but I've always felt it was around the same time I had seen her. Apparition. Also, I'll say this about my house. Like I said, I was always creeped out no matter where I was in the house, but the bathroom was super creepy. Many, many times I would be in there and the toilet paper would completely unroll and puddle in the floor. Again, when I was in high school, we were talking about our house and my dad stated that the man who lived in that house before they bought it had died of a heart attack on the toilet. I wondered if he was fooling with the toilet paper when I was there. I've asked my mom, dad, and sister if they ever had the top to the had the top to the roll uh, to an unroll and it didn't do it on anyone but me. I have other stories about the creepiness of that house, but I'll share those later. We sold and moved out of the house and I was 22. I was always creeped out in certain rooms of that house. I wonder if the grandmother was just kind of coming as a, you know, I want to make sure you get my ring when I'm gone. Mm -hmm. You know, with the timing being the same for when she had told the dad that that's what she wanted for the ring and then for the daughter to see the the, the grandmother at the same time. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. Timing wise kind of makes sense. I wonder if we can, you know, astral project or do things like that without really even knowing it or intending it just by, you know, she's sitting there, she's talking about what she wants to have happen to her stuff when she's di- when she's dead. Um, you know, probably it's on her mind that it's not that far off. And, you know, can we do things at that point that we're not aware of? Or it could be, uh, you better do this or I'm going to haunt you and see, I'm going to haunt you ahead of time so you know that I can do it. <laughs> this is kind of a warning. Mm-hmm. It's a warning haunt. A warning haunt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> be a great ability to suddenly realize I can warning haunt people. Yeah. That's great. Good story. Thank you for sharing that experience with us. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Okay, you got a story, um, and this is interesting. Uh, when we were at the uh, the farm that we're, we're going to be moving to the other day, first time seeing it, Yeah, we get there, go around it, we, we love it, we kind of know right away it's right. Uh, and Tony and I, when we buy houses, it's never a, well, I like that one, or I like this one, and, and, and we always agree. It's, it's just, it, it is what it is. You know, we're yeah. not... 
like on House Hunters where you have couples that fight over houses. No, this is just when we know, we know, and it's both of us, and it's at the same time, and we kind of gave each other that look. Yeah. And we knew it was our house. There's no like, oh, I'll compromise on this, and then both people end up with a house they don't like. No. <laughs> you know, it's just like, okay, we're good. Um, But anyway, so we, we get through the house, and we're both pretty confident, like, okay, I think we're going to make an offer on this. Yeah. And and we're on the, the back porch that kind of overlooks the pasture and the fields and, and all that. And then here comes this black and white border collie. And she kind of, I say she, because I'm just assuming it was a she, I don't know, but she kind of, kind of came like halfway and got down like, you know, can I come over, you know? And then she kind of, the way she kind of walked, she almost had like a little bit of a hobble. Mm -hmm. And I about lost it. Because I had a black and white border collie for 17 years, and she had actually been hit by a car at one point, and her paw never healed the right way, and she hobbled just like that. Mm -hmm. And it was just so eerie to go back in that, go out in that pasture and have that dog come up to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can't get through it. No, no. It, it was it was one of those things where. It, it was I, I knew it right away when I saw the dog, the border collie, because you said right away it looks just like Oreo. Yeah. Your your border collie. And and I'm thinking, okay, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> this is gonna be a moment. <laughs> I just knew it. I I'm not saying it sarcastically or anything. I just kinda knew it's like, oh, something is happening right now. Yeah. I, I just knew it's like this dog's not going to turn around and run away, or even if it does, it's like, this is interesting um, that it's showing up at this moment in time, because that dog reminds you very much of living in the country, and you wanted to go back and live in the country for so long, and yeah, and then for it to have the same mannerisms yeah, and, and have the same paw issue, and then kind of be paused, and then come over, and then he jumps up onto the, um, the porch, which is a little bit elevated, uh, and comes up and wants to be petted and hugged. And mm -hmm. and then it's like, got its hug. It's like, okay, bye. And it runs back. <laughs> yeah. I think it, I think that's the neighbor's dog. Uh, but what if, what if we got out there and they're like, nobody owns a border collie? That, yeah. <laughs> then, um, I, yeah, that, then it'd be a ghost story. Or what if it's like, we had a border collie sounded just like that. Died several years ago. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I got her when I was 10. Mm-hmm. And then she died after we got married when yeah. I was 27. So I remember when you told me that. That's how old she was. Yeah. 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 So interesting moment Yeah. of, you know, the universe kind of aligning itself. Uh, and uh, I, I think, you know, I think it was a sign. I, I think it was just kind of like, wow. And, and I don't think we even like really needed a sign to, excuse me, to be like, this is the right place. But. It's like that just kind of really sealed it too of like, okay, I think this will be good. So Jenny, yeah. Jenny can't speak at the moment. No. So, but it was a really neat, uh, it was a really neat moment. She writes about it uh, on her Instagram uh, in her own words. If you want to, uh, to read that follow at Jenny Bruski uh, for the uh, full story where her voice doesn't crack through talking about it, <laughs> which is understandable. It's, it's, it was a really neat moment. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Let's go to this caller. Hi. Hi. My name is Christina, and I'm calling from Sacramento, California. 
Um, I have a story that happened, I believe, back in 08, 09. I can't remember, but I was definitely a teenager at the time. Um, we, my family and I had a gathering at one of our cousins' house. And it was maybe around 7, 8 p.m. in the evening. And so uh, my family decided that we wanted to eat KFC for dinner. So my older sister decided that she wanted to drive to KFC. And so I went along with her. While we were pulling up into the drive-thru, we ended up seeing a man that looked almost exactly like one of our family friends who we always called uncle growing up. And he was um, actually a background. He was a security guard for um, supermarkets in our neighborhood, which is obviously in a bad neighborhood if you need, you know, a security guard in a supermarket. Um, so we, again, we pulled up into the drive through and we saw a man that looked exactly like our uncle, you know, you know, family friend. And both of my sister and I both pointed out and was like, oh my God, that looks just like, you know, uncle. He had a very distinct feature. Um, he had a large, like one of those raised mole on the side of his cheek. So you cannot miss him. Like if we saw his face, we just knew, you know, we just knew who he was. Um, he always wore his security outfit. It was black. He always had a black cap on. And so we go through the drive-thru and I told my sister, like, hey, let's go back around and see that man again. Maybe, you know, we just thought it just, maybe he had a doppelganger. I don't know. So then after the drive-thru, we ended up <clears throat> turning back around. He was actually standing in front of the entrance to the KFC restaurant and we turned back around and no one was there. <clears throat> My sister and I looked at each other and we didn't say anything the car ride back to my cousin's house. And so we go back to my cousin's house and we tell our mom like, hey, we just saw um, a man that looks exactly like uncle. And then my mom looked at both of us and said that today, that exact day, that we saw thought we saw him that it was um, a hundred day of his death. So in my culture, I'm Laotian by the way, and um, we do we do celebrate a hundred day after somebody's death, where we go to the temple, you know, give alms and all that good stuff, and you know, kind of bless the dead. And so ever since that day, my sister and I. Sometimes bring it up to this day and we're like, wow, he probably let us see him that day and maybe wanted to say hi. I don't know. But, yeah, I just wanted to share that story. And um, thank you for listening. Have a good day. Bye. So I'm going to go tacky here. Go tacky? Okay. When you die, are you still going to go to KFC? Fuck yeah. Okay. I mean, if I can get... Uh the Nashville hot chicken when I'm dead. That'd be great. I love Nashville hot chicken. I'm betting that that was, you know, if, if you guys were close enough that you called him uncle, that he was, you know, probably making his final rounds mm -hmm. of saying goodbye or 
you know, this is your last time to see me before I move on. And I'm not sure how that works in their culture, but mm -hmm. the, the hundred day visit, maybe, you know, that was exactly what it was. Yeah. And, and you know, it's one of those things where, you know, it, the KFC is kind of funny that it was at a KFC, but it could have been anywhere. Sure. It could have been at the Sizzler. It could have been. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Sizzler still around? Is that still? A... No. Uh, it could have been at the Chi Chi's. Uh, That's definitely not around. The Ponderosa. Um, okay. <laughs> what other defunct restaurants? Um, all of them currently. Everything is closed. Yeah. Um, but it's it's one of those things where you're exactly right. I think he just kind of made his appearance known wherever you would have been at that moment mm -hmm. in time. And that's what he did. And that's that's really interesting, especially how she was able to tie it back into her culture and everything, too, where on that day this happened. You know, Yeah. It would have been interesting had, had it happened any day. Mm -hmm. But even that day made it all that more, I think, impactful. Mm -hmm. So thank you for sharing that with us. And yes, of course, I'm going to. If that whole thing is true about when you're dead and you can just walk into the food and taste it, great. You're going to go infect all the KFC chicken everywhere. Infect? Well, if you're going to walk through it well, so I, that you can taste it. I don't believe like when you're a ghost, you're infecting food at that point. I don't know that there's any. I don't know. I don't want your ghostly body walking through my food. <laughs> just don't. I can't just enjoy a little bit of Nashville hot chicken when I'm dead. That would be one of the things I would miss quite a bit is eating if you go first which isn't going to happen but if you go first i will go to kfc and i will buy you your own plate of kfc nashville hot and sit there like a crazy old lady eating mine with a plate sitting across from me for you <laughs> be great i will do that <laughs> like what are you doing it's my husband's ghost i promise this yeah 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 i would enjoy it <laughs> I, I i love I, I, this is not an ad for KFC, but I the Nashville hot chicken. You can obviously it's from Nashville. Normally, he's obsessed with it's it. It's great. Oh my god, I love spicy food. And then I have to deal with it. Yeah, but I've I've always loved spicy food. And for the longest time, you know, you didn't have a lot of options on on spice. I mean, there was you know like um, at least in, in in the states as far as what your options are, it have been like going to the Mexican restaurants, Thai restaurants. I discovered India not that long ago, and I love that too. And the, the, the flavor profiles are also different in terms of spiciness. Mm -hmm. And then that Nashville hot, that has its own spicy flavor profile that's unlike anything else. It's not like buffalo or anything. It's like, this is great. <laughs> so I, I guess I get it. It's the simple things in life that I get excited <laughs> by. And that is currently my new, because I was, I always, I do this. I get on kicks of spicy food. Like yeah. whatever the latest version or incarnation of spicy food is that I try um, that I have never had like that flavor profile before. I'm like obsessed with mm -hmm. for long periods of time. I remember the first time I tried Thai food, I was like that. I was like, Thai is wonderful. And I was just like when I would when I was moving around in radio, the first thing I would do in the town I went to is trying to figure out if they had a Thai restaurant. <laughs> and I would be I would, I would be part of my consideration of will I go work for the station if they have a Thai restaurant in the town? Because I was like, I have to have Thai food. Yeah. And then um <laughs> You know, priorities exactly <laughs> but it's like then like other than I, when i i first tried um indian food that i really loved like that's great um and then i was like okay well where are the indian restaurants and now that i've discovered the the nashville hot thing that has caught on and you can get it outside of nashville i i have to scout out the kfcs because that's the only place it seems to do nashville hot in a fairly comparable fashion to legitimately is there one in our new town 
It's thirty at KFC. It, there's it's thirty minutes away. I know there probably is, but uh, but some you know outside of Nashville, a lot of like localized restaurants, at least in my discovery so far, haven't done Nashville hot super well. But I'm sure there's plenty that do, depending on the city that you're in. But uh, that's been kind of my new obsession. My mouse is over there. Getting so excited talking about Nashville hot chicken that the mouse fell off my lap. So, <laughs> there you go. Because I put the, the, the mouse on my <laughs> knee as I do the show to scroll through things. So there you go. Nashville hot <laughs> That sounded really bad, didn't it? It did. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> no, it's not sitting on the pocket with a zip. Talking about my hot chicken my- and my mouse in my lap. <laughs> so, so weird. So weird. <laughs> so I didn't even realize how bad that sounded. Ah, uh, there we go. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. And that's going to wrap up the show for today. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person, EPP, at ghostpodcast.com or through Patreon, patreon.com slash Stories to help support the show and keep us on the air. Get all the bonus episodes, content. It's all there waiting for you to binge away on. Until next time, for Jenny, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.